everybody and welcome back to another edition of your favorite podcast about new metal this is the pod cast and this is episode number 32 i'm john and with me is a man who feeds the war machines and pulls the strings behind the scenes it's brian quinby oh that is what i do you did get me there you got, I got me you there, there. you, you love you you're telling me all the time sometimes you'll text me and I'll be like, Brian, what are you up to today? You go into the gym and you'll be like, nah, man, busy day feeding the war machine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what your whole life is, really, when you're out there <laughs> feeding the war machine, you know? I guess if you're American, is... that's definitely part of it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Canadians go to war, too, I think. We have. Yeah, we have. You probably came with us to all of our wars. <laughs> I don't think all of them, but a lot of them we did. Vietnam, I don't think we are too interested Oh, that's smart, though. That was a good one. Not Well, I don't think any of them were good to get in. No. You know? But I'm not really... I I, uh, uh, I think Canada was in Iraq with us. You guys yeah, just like did, to tag yeah. along on our fascism stuff. It's cool. We kind of have it's cool. to. We kind of have to. We feel like, you know, what You know what if we don't? You know what I mean? We'll be really mad the thing at you. Is, well, well, I mean, I don't even know if the U.S. gets mad, but certainly, you know, your Ann Coulter's and your Tucker Carlson's of the world will be like, oh, we'll just roll over and crush Canada in our sleep or whatever they say. Well, yeah, they do hate you guys. Yeah. Like they they the, the conservatives always hate you guys because of the health care thing. Yeah. They're, they're like, um, they always say shit like uh, they hate their health care up there. Right. And yeah, then. You I guys don't hate will be it. Like, we do, yeah, we love it. And then they'll be like, well, of course you do. But other <laughs> people hate it. Yeah, yeah. We get emails all the time. We get emails all the time from people who hate the healthcare up there. Yeah, healthcare I mean, sucks. There's definitely cons to having uh, universal healthcare, but uh, the pros um, are that it's free. So, um, yeah. so there's that. There's that. Well, there's pros to having... Uh, private health care too like in the united states like uh uh there aren't any there are really none <laughs> the only one like from a canadian perspective is that like you get appointments way faster right because yeah. like you know but sometimes Okay, fair. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think that's like a big part of it because we see like, like, for example, I'm going to see a cardiologist in like in a couple months, but it took me like eight months to get that appointment. Whereas like if you yeah. needed to see a cardiologist in America, you'd it'd probably be quicker, but it would also cost you like $15,000 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, they, I, I mean, to get into psychiatrist, I needed, I waited six months. Okay. So. Yeah, some stuff takes like six months. Some stuff is like really quick. And like the emergency room is 
really quick. You can just go there and they have to treat you and then you can just not ever pay them and nothing happens. So there's that. Uh, like right. A lot of what people don't understand about our system is if you don't pay it, they don't do nothing to you. I, I mean, you can't get credit, but they can't throw you in jail either. So it's fine. Oh, I see. So that's sort of the trade. Like you, you do, you wouldn't pay. Then you'd go to get like a mortgage or a line of credit or something. And then they'd be like, oh, well, you had, you had to pay that thing you didn't pay. You got that medical debt and you're like, yeah, I mean, don't we all though? <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. 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 That's when you start eh. to become chummy with the, you know, ah, don't we all, Hey, you, you probably got it too. You, you got it. it. Admit it. They don't give you good. <laughs> they don't, you don't have a good package here. What do they call it? Like an HMO or whatever. Is that what it's called? Oh, I, don't I don't know fucking any know. of that stuff. Oh, me either, man. We just call it insurance. I don't know what HMO <laughs> or PPOs are. I just go to the doctor and I'm like, here's the card. And they're like, okay, that'll be $40. You never then, sound uh, more American than when you say insurance. Yeah. That's the insurance. most American you sound. We don't like, we say insurance there's not like you say it like it's two words. Like you're insurance. Like you are inside of it. Hmm, I do kind of live in the home of nationwide insurance. <laughs> So I think I would know a little bit how we say insurance. <laughs> you do, yeah, because the Columbus Blue Jackets Arena is nationwide arena, right? That's right. That's okay. right. It's right across. I mean, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. My wife works there. so She works at right nationwide arena? She works. Oh, it's Not across at the arena, at the, at the company. Oh, but she okay. literally does work right across the street from the arena, too. Nobody stalk her please but uh, yeah, no one it's no one listens to this podcast we're fine <laughs> yeah she lives directly across the street from the arena uh, <laughs> or works and then also lives. sometimes would get free well sometimes would get free tickets to the blue jackets oh and we would that's go good. see it and then but then i said nah, you don't have to worry about getting those anymore you don't uh, like to go to the blue jackets just nothing there. there I'm, there's nothing about hockey that I understand or get. Sure, sure. You know? Okay. Yeah, uh, I get it. I've been to a couple games. I saw somebody die at one. and then, Oh, uh, yeah. Um, We've talked about yeah. that before, that you were at the game where Espen Knutson <laughs> killed that girl by accident. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, it didn't affect oh. me in, in the least bit. or any, It's not like I'm like, I don't want to go to the game because people are getting killed at those things. It's just, I went to that game and then I went to like one more and then I was like, I don't need this. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Right, I don't like right. real sports at all. I really like fake sports. And then I love football when my team is winning and on top, you know? What's your uh, team? But Cincinnati. Okay. So they were so this you were, year. So this year, you were, so you were into it because we... We never really talked about that. You were like big into the Super Bowl this year and shit. I watched the Super Bowl and bet on it and won some money. But no, I didn't watch the season. I just jumped on the bandwagon in the two weeks between the last game and the Super Bowl. And then, or wait, no, I watched the the playoffs. I jumped on the bandwagon in the playoffs. And then uh, next year, I'll watch the whole season, though, because I'll be like excited. Because you're going to do well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I jump off the bandwagon and back on. I'm a real bandwagoner kind of guy. I mean, that's okay. Also, the Cleveland Cleveland Guardians, they're called now. Yeah, yeah. I was a fan of them for like four years, and then nothing happened, so I stopped. But I think I'm going to maybe check them out this year because there's something about laying around watching baseball that appeals to me oh yeah it's great it's great isn't there there's a triple a team in columbus right the clippers 
Yeah, Columbus yeah. Clippers, ring your bell. I bet you the first, I don't know, year of these podcasts, I was wearing a Clippers hat. Right. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> were. Because I yeah. have one somewhere in here hanging on. I have two of them hanging on my wall. Uh, yeah, okay. I thought so. Cause, but so, but that's weird. So you cheer. So you, so baseball, you cheer Cleveland, but football, you cheer Cincinnati. What's the deal with that? I don't know. We're right in the middle. We get to pick, you know, and really right. when, when you're looking at it, you're like, well, now it's going to sound bad when I say this, but the, the Bengals like aesthetic is really cool. Right. Agreed. Like they Agreed. got the tiger stuff and shit like that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know why I picked Cleveland, you know, because their their aesthetic the, was very. The, I was going to say as <laughs> you're uncool just, as bad as yeah, possible. The, the racist, the racist mascot and and uh, name. You're like ah, yeah. this is way better than the Cincinnati Reds. Just yeah. like a, a, just a color. They're just named after the color of their socks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, and yeah. the first time, the first like time I remember actually sitting and watching a whole football game was when the Bengals were in the Super Bowl the last time. So, of course, I, you know, they're from Ohio. Well, I'm a Bengals fan. Right. You know? Sure. Sure. Um, and not a lot of people in Ohio watch pro sport, pro football anyway. You know? Well, I mean, a lot well, of people yeah, do. But they love the Ohio State. That's the. Yeah. Yeah. They get into that college shit. They love it. Not me. I don't like that at all. It stinks. Yeah. You don't like they're, college very famously. Well. They're not as good a players as the NFL, so I, I don't right, know right. yeah. why you would choose to watch the people that aren't that good at it. Uh, but I watch indie wrestling, but that does, that's a whole different thing because indie wrestlers are actually good at it. They're actually good indie wrestlers, but you know, college football to me does it just doesn't work. It's not good for me, so. I uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. It might also be living in Columbus, you know, Just right? Because I live in the epicenter of one of yeah. the most psycho college cultures in the country. So yeah, there's that. I understand. Um, I get it. I bought. I have Timbits right here. But Brian, you know, we've talked on the show about you going to the gym and stuff, remaking yourself. I wanna. I got a. I got some stuff to spill this week. Spill uh, it. Yeah. Yesterday, all over me. Yesterday, I went out and I bought Crocs. Okay, all right, that's pretty hip and cool. Well, is it though? No. Why are you wearing Crocs at home? Can I ask you? Well, like, I don't wear them at home. I wear the, the, I wear them out. If you okay, if you're going to the gym, Crocs, very wise shoes. But if you're not going to the gym, don't have Crocs. John. I just I wear them Although, to like the gro- I wear them to like run errands like to the grocery store. I'll bet all the new metal guys probably are wearing Crocs now. A lot of them. Oh, are Fieldy, Crocs guys. Fieldy's a Crocs guy for sure. You think? It, I, I think mean, so. are you saying that for sure? Or you're just guessing. Well, I'm guessing, but I'm also 100 percent sure. <laughs> new metal guys and Crocs. That's my yeah. shit. I got, I got, uh, I got tie dye ones. So Becca was like fucking furious with me. Cause she was already kind of like, I don't know if you need to get Crocs. And I was like, I think I do. I like them for my feet. That, cause, cause what I started doing is when I go to run errands, just like go to the grocery store or whatever, I was wearing sandals, like even in the winter, cause it's just more comfortable on my feet. Like I'm getting old now. I'm 36. I'll be 37. I'm like, 
Sandals are more comfortable. So I was like wearing sandals to the grocery store. And I'm like, well, this isn't like the probably the best thing to wear in the winter. Why? It's ra- It's raining and shit. Oh, okay. So I was like, I'm going to get Crocs. And then Becca was kind of like, at first she was like, no, she straight up like forbade me. And then she was like, whatever, I don't care. But then I got tie dye ones. And I think she's kind of mad that I didn't just get like a normal, like just like a normal color, you know? Well, you lied to her saying you needed them. You didn't really need them, you know? I don't need That's, them. Who needs anything? No. I mean, but going into the store with Crocs is embarrassing, and I don't know. I don't think goofy. it's embarrassing. I mean, I feel they're like goofy. I'm... Oh, they're definitely goofy, but I just feel like I, I've, my sort of thought on the whole thing is like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, look at you, Mr. Adult. He's grown up. <laughs> And he doesn't care how he looks now. Everybody's that's the that's what everybody's shooting for, isn't it, John? Well, I think it's because I'm getting married, maybe. Like I think that's maybe part of it. Well, like, don't do that. Don't, don't don't do it like that, man. You gotta care. You still gotta care. Well, Unfortunately, I, John, you're never gonna get to a point where you don't care or can't care. Don't oh, I care. care. Well, I care, but I just mean like I wonder if that's like gone into me being like yeah whatever i'll just get crocs and it's fine i don't know i don't know it's a really bad decision though i think you i mean you're talking to a guy that's made some of the worst decisions of all time <laughs> and that's a bad decision i mean I but think. you kind of seem like a crocs guy to me like i felt like i was no. gonna maybe get some support from you on this no i wear slides i don't wear anything that could be perceived as not cool I refuse to wear, like, I don't need people looking at me and saying that guy's not cool. I'm already 43. It's a hu- uphill battle, and I just keep going, you know? Right. Change the style up every but- once in a while, buy some <clears throat> nice shit, never crocs. <clears throat> Young boy never crocs. <laughs> Lil never crocs. Um, yeah, Lil never yeah. crocs. <laughs> uh, but I, maybe, though, like, here's what I'm thinking, though, is like, I'm kind of I'm kind of like people will see me wearing tie dye Crocs and they'll be like, this guy so totally doesn't give a shit that it's actually fucking cool. Nope. They won't think that at all. Nobody. Thinks Why not? That when they see somebody in Crocs. Why not? Because people look at him and they say, this motherfucker is this motherfucker wearing Crocs is what they say. You should have got some of the slippers, maybe some of the uh, the cozy sandals. I like those. But, oh uh, yeah, okay. I know the. I yeah, I could have gone for some cozy sandals, maybe like some Burks. No, no, no. The word <laughs> the I'm on Crocs website. They have oh Z Z Z Y sandals, oh. and I would wear those over. Okay, you just got to get something a little weird. I do like that you pick tie dye. That's a good fucking move. Thank you. When, That's what I thought so too. To be honest, yeah, you want a tie dye. I'm looking at these uh, you don't now. Get okay, white. yeah. It's got three Zs in it. Yeah. Oh, these co oh dude, you think the cozy sandals, those look those look like I would Becca would kill me if I own those. I think really? I think they look fucking cool, man. The white I ones? Are you like right the white now. ones or the blue ones? Hmm, no, there's several colors of well, them. Well, there's white, pink, and blue on, on in Canada anyway. Oh, I'd probably get pink. You yeah. know? Pink is not it, bad. But people always think dudes that wear pink are cool as hell. You know, I like to wear I like to wear a pink for sure. Yeah, people. Are oh, like, what are sneakers? Crocs has sneakers. Oh, those don't look good. 
No, I can't imagine anything Crocs. I mean, most of what Crocs make doesn't look good. <laughs> well, no, true. Let me see. Like, I do like the thing now where you can kind of like put like charms in the holes of the Crocs. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Get yourself some charms. I bet you there are no new metal ones, though. <sighs> Corn Crocs charms. That would be if sick. If there are, you got to get them. Oh, Bry. Okay, Bry. They've got Crocs here that have that have weed leaves on them. You're telling me you wouldn't wear weed leaf Crocs? Nah, no. Probably not, man. I that, don't know. That to me I'm, seems like the ones you would get, though. I'm Maybe. But I'm, I'm trying to find much, the ones I'm, I just bought so I can show you the exact one. I'm not wearing the the Deadpool smoking weed shirt. So, yes, there's times where I wear something that makes me look questionable, but everybody knows I'm doing it in a funny way. Except right. for the guy at the gym that told me my shirt was cool when I wore the Deadpool smoking weed shirt. So, yeah, but that made you feel bad, right? That did. I don't like that. I don't like it when somebody who's into Deadpool would look at me and be like, Oh, you know, that's very cool. This This guy's very cool. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're supposed to think I'm being goofy. Yeah, that's true. Mad at me for goofing on Deadpool. Yeah, that's true, actually. So, yeah. So maybe like maybe that's the space that I'm in right now. Where like I'm kind of where like I'm kind of people. If people think it's cool, that might be bad for me. That's possible. I mean, we'll never know. You are. (laughs) Well, we might know. Someone might come up to me and say, like, like they did to you. Oh, dude, they got nuts. You know those truck nuts? Yeah. You can get those for your Crocs. Crocs? Oh, yeah. yeah. Put on the back of the thing with the balls hanging there. You should get that. Show how ballsy you are, John. He's a ballsy man. He's a man. That's such a man. That's such a man. Can you imagine, like, wearing balls on the back of your crocs that's crazy no i can't they also have a nightmare before christmas croc that's really not good either that they don't have they don't have mine on the website they don't have the crocs i bought on the website what if i bought women's ones by accident click on that thing in the chat that i just put in there for you so you can see it oh the world's longest uh uh address of all time oh my god it's even worse than i imagined what the (laughs) fuck no crocs nuts oh my god those are wild (laughs) holy shit dude you don't want to hang balls from the back of your crocs i know i don't i don't actually at all (laughs) i've never seen anything so crazy i don't know why people like having balls everywhere you know but it's too much man it's too much people do yeah yeah i get it Uh, yeah well Well, i mean if we were in it, this, we would get into new metal by doing this fieldy. And I don't know who else is a Crocs guy. Fieldy might be Stephen Carpenter, Stephen Carpenter. Oh, He's no another question. Crocs guy. Big Crocs but who guy. Has ball Crocs. Who's a ball Crocs guy. Oh, uh, the bass player for kid rock and Wes Scantlin. Would oh, Wes Scantlin would be a balls Crocs guy. That's true. Crocs nuts. Um, I was Crocs also nuts. thinking another Croc guy would be Sonny Sandoval, P.O.D. Yeah, definitely. Crocs yeah, he guy. wouldn't do balls, though. He he would never do. No, balls. no, 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 no. He wouldn't do balls. No, he'd put a cross on there or some shit. Yeah, um, he's a good Christian. Actually, man. you know who I bet is a low key Crocs guy? Sully Erna. 
Yeah, he does for sure. He would yeah. say he doesn't though. Like around uh, the house, he wouldn't. He would never wear them out. But like around the house, when he has people over for like a cookout or something, Sunny's sorry, Sully is rocking the Crocs. I think. Yeah, he would say he doesn't though. He would for sure be like very upfront about like, I don't. I wouldn't wear them. I actually wouldn't wear them. You know. Uh, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good Sully. I got Glocks charms too, so you can also put Glock a Glock Ooh. on the back of your shoe. That's so what that I want. I want to cool. put a. I would yeah. Send me that. I want to put the Glock on my Crocs. <laughs> my Croc. My Croc Glocks. Glock. 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 Croc. Croc. Glock. I can't say it at all, but yeah, that's kind of a cool Croc-Glock. idea. Croc. There it Glock. is. I put that one in there too, so you can see the Croc Glocks. Croc Glocks. Very cool. All right. Crocs. So so yeah, let's get into this album. Speaking of guys who might wear Crocs. Oh, wow. Columbus boys too. Cleveland boys. Cleveland boys. Yeah. Cleveland boys. Uh, (laughs) This is the album we're covering this month is XIII. That's for those of you like Brian, who maybe don't know Roman numerals. That is the Roman numeral for 13. Uh, This album came out. Uh, on October 14th, 2003, it was Mushroomhead's major label debut, came out on Universal Records. It was recorded at Mars Studio in Ohio and was produced by Mushroomhead uh, with some help from Steve Felton and Matt Wallace. This is their best-selling album to date. It peaked at number 40 on the Billboard 200 and has sold 400,000 copies worldwide. Uh, I should say this is their second album to be distributed through a major label, but the first one was a compilation uh, of their first three albums. Uh, so that so this is kind of the first one that they actually fully recorded for a major label. Uh, so that is uh, so that's where we're at. Uh, they. Uh, the, yeah, like I said, their most successful album also had some um, some good uh, attention for the, the first single, Sun Doesn't Rise, which we have heard uh, because we covered the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack and it is on there. Uh, the video for that song was also uh, frequently featured on Headbangers Ball. Pardon me. And in 2018, the album was ranked at number 20 on Revolver's list of the 20 essential new metal albums. The album also came with a bonus track, uh, which is a cover of Seals Crazy, which I'm sure we'll get to. And um, yeah, I think that's about all you need to know. This is sort of Mushroom Head. Uh, we talked about this before because Brian and I also covered Simple Survival by Mushroom Head on this show. Uh, Mushroom Head, the list of people who have been in the band is much longer than the list of, of uh, uh, sorry, the former members is much longer the list than the current members. Uh, but this was sort of Mushroomhead's classic lineup. Uh, they had eight guys in the band at the time. Vocals were handled by Jeffrey Nothing and Jay Mann. Bass was Pig Venus. Uh, that, that is like an anagram for big penis. Yeah, yeah. It's not even, it's, I mean, yeah, it's the, it's a, very bad anagram. <laughs> it's easy to figure yeah. out. You change two of the letters. You know. Thank you. I just yeah. like, you know, p- big penis or b- yeah. Pig big penis, pig penis. You know, yeah. that's pig penis on bass, Bronson and gravy on guitar, schmatz on keyboards, stitch on electronics and programming and skinny on drums. And this album was the debut of Bronson and gravy and stitch. 
And Brian, you said it before. These guys are Cleveland guys. They formed in 1993 in the Cleveland Warehouse District, which is just a very funny sentence to say. Uh, they were all members of other bands, uh, and then they all came together as Mushroomhead, and that is why they originally started playing in masks and face paint, uh, is that they didn't want uh, audience members to recognize them from their other projects, uh, and so they decided to wear masks and face paint, but then, of course, Mushroomhead got bigger than all of their respective side projects, and it became their main band. Uh, Brian, being an Ohio man, what is your history with Mushroomhead? I mean, I didn't find out about them till after Slipknot, so it was kind of like, oh, these guys suck. It's and plus being from Ohio, it's like feels off brand in a way to me because I live here too, where it was like uh, this. I don't know, man. I don't know why Iowa reads as more authentic to me, even though, I mean, they're both exactly the same. You know, it j- just it's. I never saw them live because I thought they were lame. I kind of thought they were a local band, John, is how I felt. And I was like, I ain't wasting any money or any time on a local band. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of fair. We talked about this when we did Simple Survival, but obviously a lot of people listening to this are not bonus episode subscribers. So we'll run through it again here. Uh, They actually originally weren't even really meant to be a band. They were just, as we said, a side project. Uh, And that's why they started the masks, the pseudonyms. I said that already, but they played their first show in 1993. And then somehow their second show was opening for Guar in Cleveland. Uh, And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, well, I guess we're kind of a, a band now. And so I can see how you would sort of think of them as a local band because it's kind of how they're, sold a little bit that they were sort of like just these Ohio locals that kind of all came together and then the stars sort of aligned for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they, they probably like saying that it was just a side project more than that's actually true. I kind of feel like if you're putting this amount of work into something, it's probably not a side project for a bunch of guys, you know, they fucking are making masks and jumps or, or, you know, making all the stuff to do it. It seems like a lot of fucking work for a side project. I guess maybe that's true. Cause I just listened to this album today for a side thing. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done that any other way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is our, yeah, this podcast is technically our side project, but it does okay. So we've never opened for Guar, though. I mean, Guar sucks, though. <laughs> I've seen Guar. They fucking suck to see. In, I mean, it was like really lame when I saw Guar live. It was so epic. People are, people are going to be bacon. mad at you for saying No, that. they're not. No, they're not. It was very bacon and epic bacon. And it was, uh, uh, just embarrassing like the the humor is so bad man and uh i mean i guess the costumes are cool but i mean you can look at those on the internet so there's that i do not like guar i'm not a fan of any really of these super costume guys except for maybe icp you know i do like icp but the rest of them like Slipknot, I like some of their stuff, and I think they rip, but Mushroom Head is like, I can't think of anything less cool than being like the third costume band that is part of a scene. 
Well, Brian, I mean, I think we both know Mushroomhead would vehemently disagree with you, and they would say that Slipknot ripped them off, but, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Fair, Yes, that is true. Slipknot did actually come after them. So yeah. that is fair to say that, like, they're not the third, but I'm counting by, like, exposure and album sales. The third. They're definitely sold less albums than well they did hit the top 20 on on the billboard chart so that is something i guess and like recently they hit the top 20 didn't they Who? and like that mushroom mushroom head. Head. yeah and that's not a lot of albums to sell that's, no not now it's a not little now. different yeah yeah it yeah. is different yeah no i mean i think that that's definitely true i mean i can i can sort of understand their perspective that uh i i sort of understand their perspective of like you know, it sucks to be the like people who did it first and then be accused of ripping people off because that does happen a lot in, in pop culture. And I can imagine that would be very frustrating also because like, I think you always feel like you're doing something different and unique. Uh, so like, like for me, obviously like I do stand up comedy and I talk about teaching when I do stand up comedy because I am a teacher and sometimes people will accuse me of like copying Jerry D who's like a famous teacher comedian in Canada who has his own show and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I'm not copying him because I am a teacher. This is my real life. Like more than one person on earth can be a teacher. Like it's not, you know mm. what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> so I can really get it, especially from their perspective where if it's like coming after and people are like, oh, you copied Slipknot. And they're like, we were doing this before Slipknot. And they're just also, they don't sound like Slipknot at all. So I can no. see how they would feel like we're doing our own thing. Like there can be more than one band with masks. You know what I mean? Although I should be clear, Mushroom Head have handled it very poorly. Like they t- right. for a band who says they don't care because you can find a lot of examples of of mushroom head they say oh it's the fans who care about this it's not us blah 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 mushroom head sure as hell talk about it a lot for a band that doesn't seem to care about it true true yeah i mean yes they definitely i mean you would care i i think slipknot are probably men with money you know you gotta think for sure the money you think for yeah for way more money there. slipknot has way more money yeah, Mushroom Heads living in Cleveland. Uh, they're begging people to get on their tours. Like, I would be kind of mad about that too. But like, I I think if it were up, if I'm in Mushroom Head and and this happens, I just take the makeup off. I take the makeup off, the masks off. I come out on stage looking normal, and I just play in that way. Because it's such an uphill battle to keep saying no, but I like invented this. I was there first. Like, why would you want to do that? It just seems like such a hassle for something that's like really not worth it. No, no. So we'll go. We've read this on the show before, but it's only fitting that when we're covering them as a real band on this show, we will read the bio. This is. You can go to mushroomhead.com right now. This is the bio on their website right now. Uh, and yeah, like you say, Brian, for for a band that probably their best move would have been to just ignore it or just stop doing it and accept that Slipknot is bigger. They certainly lean into it. I won't read the whole thing. 
But they said, uh, this is their bio. Mushroom Head are one of the most unique and adventurous alternative metal bands working today. Known for their stunningly theatrical live show and artsy masks, this innovative band has forged new ground in the rock world and influenced many other bands to push the envelope and bring art into rock. Because Mushroom Head was definitely the first band to ever do anything like that. Artsy uh, masks. They yeah. got artsy masks that they yeah. wear. Yeah, first band to ever incorporate art into their music. Formed in the early 90s in Cleveland, Ohio, the band's combination of metal, rock, and atmospheric elements has struck a chord with thousands of fans worldwide. Uh, Mushroom Head have been performing incognito since 1993. They thought it was very important. They got to put a date on it and then blah, blah, blah. After the band felt its image and hyper-melodic heavy style of music was being diluted by other bands jumping into this space, the band started to change their look to reflect nothing out there. Uh, It can be said that Mushroomhead's musical ascendance was a singular, original aesthetic of eight guys decked out in matching jumpsuits and artsy masks playing unbelievable, unsettling music. No other band was wearing masks and jumpsuits and purveying this type of ultra-melodic, ultra-dynamic music at the time. Mushroomhead sounded like nothing else. The band's merging of metal, atmospheric elements, rock and theatrics mixed with a punk DIY attitude has inspired and spawned other bands. Even though Mushroomhead's rock uh, music is rock leaning in thought, the group remains firmly committed to pushing the envelope and trying new things. Punk DIY attitude because you were forced to self-release albums. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. That's why you that, like. That's one of those. It's yeah. You do have we're DIY. DIY. Yeah, we're DIY. We're doing it all ourselves. Oh, like you <laughs> turned down labels? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you could say we've. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, labels have kind of called us a couple times, and you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're DIY because everything else they named were things that already exist, yeah. right? Like the the masks, which. You know, Kiss painted their face and stuff, so that's not new. Uh, Being artsy, now that is something they have the market cornered on. There aren't a lot of artsy people out there. It's so fucking crazy to use the word artsy in your bio. Hey, we're an artsy band. Artsy fartsy. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And I just like, it says, yeah, stunningly theatrical live show and artsy masks. I just love this line always gets me influenced many other bands to push the envelope and bring art into rock. Who? Who? Who did Mushroom Head influence to bring like, okay, Slipknot's self-titled album came out in 99, I think, right? So Slipknot's, uh, they were formed in 1995. And 1995, Mushroom Head self-released their first album. So you can't say, there's there's no fucking way over in Iowa, Slipknot was like, hey, we heard about this band in Cleveland that's wearing masks. We're gonna go ahead and do that too. They don't have the internet at the time either it's well i mean there is some sort of internet but nothing yeah that they could go on and search in any way so there's no way like mushroom head did not influence slipknot pretty much in any way but you still gotta fucking feel like you know if you're them you gotta say that in your head like you know that we influence them because it makes you feel better makes you feel better and that's yeah 
I also That's, I just take umbrage with the music thing too. To say like after the band felt its image and hyper melodic heavy style of music was being diluted by other bands jumping into this space. Who? New Again, metal. who? Yeah, Mushroomhead didn't fucking invent new metal. I'm sorry, no. but they did, but like what are they talking about? Like That's oh, corn corn started getting popular so we had to change our sound. Like what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> They're just super angry guys. They yeah. got fucked. They got fucked over a little bit, you know? A little a little I, bit. I, if if I'm being straight up, man, a, a, a nine member band that does like a stage show like that probably should get signed it's weird to think about like why if you start looking at the pictures and stuff like that and you know after listening to the album it's like why did they have a hard time getting signed like why didn't they get like airplay because it's very weird that they're not bigger than they are i guess i don't know are they assholes maybe they're that i mean they certainly come off like that when you read their bio they come off as like super bitter very angry assholes well that's the thing because to me it's like it's weird because like i said they they whenever it gets brought up they always say like oh it's our fans our fans always say slipknot copied us and this and that and it's like if that were true then you would stop bringing it up. It's like every interview I looked up for this for this episode, Mushroomhead is talking about Slipknot, and mm-hmm. and they're without being asked. They're without being asked. They bring it up with no provocation, and then they like complain. They're like, "Ah, oh, it's our fans. Ah, our fans. Fucking." Uh, they always do it. Like there was an interview with Stitch. Uh, who who we said he's the turntablist came into the band uh, at this album, and so this is the this is the question. Okay, this is from HorrorSociety.com. Thanks for taking the time to do this interview with us. So I know you guys just got off of Mayhem tour. What are some of the best memories you have from this tour? And then Stitch answers the question. So that's the question. What are the best memories you have from the Mayhem tour? This is in 2015, this interview, by the way. And then he Stitch talks about the tour and then finishes the question by saying, all the bands were great to work with, the stage managers, everyone. We slowly were winning everyone's approval over at... Uh, sorry, we were slowly winning everyone's approval over. At first, it was almost like they were skeptical, skeptical if they should like us or not because there are always the rumors of Slipknot and stuff like that, and we get put on the back burner because of that. Well, it's not a rumor of Slipknot. Yeah, at it's all. not a rumor. And also that the question, no one asked you about Slipknot. This is the very <laughs> first question of the fucking interview. No one asked you. Then he brings up Slipknot. And then the interviewer says, that must be getting old for you guys, though, I bet. And Stitch says, it's getting really old and we don't care. We were just in L.A. hanging out with Sid Olson and he came to our show. I mean, we're friends with those guys and there's nothing there. It's just fans making up bullshit. That's all it is. And there's no rule that says there can only be one match band it's not the highlander but overall the best part of mayhem is that we get to sell ourselves to new crowds so we can then go out on our own tour and see a turnaround of bigger fans and bigger crowds so we can headline and benefit from that more it's like again no one asked you about this you're yeah. <laughs> you're the one bringing it up and i also love the like there does there there can be more than one masked band meanwhile in their bio they're like we were the first ones with masks and everyone else copied us and fucked them yeah 
I mean, I kind of like that about him, though. It's like a real, like, I I identify with being a person that's that angry all the time at the world for perceived <laughs> slights. Because that is a lot of what I am. I, I get it, man. Like, I sympathize with these guys in, 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 a, in that, like... Look, their music isn't bad. This album is not bad. I would love, love, love we should get into that. This album's not sure. bad. It's not the worst album we've ever done by no. a long shot. No, no, and it's not. And it's actually not. kind of good, I think, is is the way I saw it. <clears throat> I don't think this album is good. Um, I wouldn't kind say it's of. good. I said kind it is, of good. Th- this is like... You know, you know what this is kind of like for me. We talked about this when we talked about Disturbed 2, where it's like the way it's recorded and the way that it sounds is that it's almost like background music or something. Like it doesn't like I think Mushroomhead thinks they're very heavy. And I again, I just don't know. It's the same thing with Disturbed. It's like Disturbed would describe themselves as like a metal band, but then you listen to a Disturbed record and it's like very compressed and it doesn't jump out of the speakers, doesn't sound heavy or raw or whatever. And that's kind of like this. This is like very heavily produced. Um, It doesn't sound heavy to me at all. Like it almost is just kind of like inoffensive, like background music. Like I was listening to it and no song jumped out at me. There wasn't a single song when I was listening to this where I was like, what a song, you know, the closest is probably uh, The Dream Is Over. I think that's a decent song. It's got the guy from Meshuggah in it. That song to me felt pretty decent. Every other song, I was just like, okay, it's just a song. And it sounds like all the other songs. And it's fine. You know, but it, it, nothing ever leaped out at me where I was like, hell yeah, this fucking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think like... When I say kind of good, this is a good butt rock album. It I is think. very butt Can rock, say isn't that? it? This is like, yeah, but it's a high level butt rock album. It's not a bad butt rock album. Were you right? surprised by that? Because I was surprised. Like I put it on and I was like, this is kind of butt to me, which like, I don't think I would have like in my mind, mushroom head was like slipknot. Like I know obviously whatever, but like I thought musically as well, like I think I was expecting something a lot heavier and this is pretty butt rocky. It is. It absolutely is. I, I, I think you expect something heavier because you listen to other nine, another nine person masked band. That's incredibly fucking heavy and uses the nine people for heaviness reasons. This band Right here, I couldn't fucking tell you why they have nine people. No fucking idea in the whole world why they have nine people. There is no proof of that in the music. (laughs) No, you're right. It doesn't sound chaotic. Like, I think that is, you're right. Like, I think part of Slipknot's, like, je ne sais quoi, is obviously the masks and the jumpsuits and stuff. But it is also the chaos, especially on their self-titled record. Like, you listen to Slipknot's self-titled record, and it feels like the music is, like, spilling out of the speakers. It's like, it sounds like fucking chaos. It's like, it's like nothing you've ever heard. It's like, it's almost like the, the speakers you listen to it on can like barely contain all the recorded music. It's just like cacophonous and chaotic and insane. And this, you're right. It doesn't feel like that 
even remotely. This is like so tightly produced and, and sounds almost like glossy in a way. It was very strange. It's strange. And and there's another thing that came up. I think I would, I would like to throw into this conversation in the uh, interviews uh, where he talks about how it's pretty choreographed on stage too. Right. Like there, there's a point where he's like, well, you know, we got three singers, so the other two can't just stand there and wait till it's time to sing. So we have like an area of the stage for them where they can do their moves or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if I'm these guys, I just learned a bunch of wrestling moves and do them on each other when you're not <laughs> singing. Well, that's that's kind of what Slipknot did, right? They just started beating the shit out of each other when they had nothing to do. Yeah, but ICP does moves on each other. Like, ICP will powerbomb each other into the audience. And I've seen that. And it's like, you got to learn some moves. You can't just beat each other up. But, yeah, Slipknot does get a little violent up there and kind of beat each other up. And that's why, like, hearing that their stage show is kind of choreographed and it's this big fancy artsy thing up there. And like the music's not really that heavy. Uh, the, the vocals can sometimes veer into the butt rock direction, oh, but big time. I also think, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. I can hear for the first time in a long time, I can a thousand percent hear the faith no more uh, uh, influence on this compared to anybody else. I hear it more on this. I am not joking you when I it's so funny that you say that because literally that was going to be the next point I was going to make whenever you were done talking in my mind. I was going to bring up that it sounds like faith no more. And I don't know if it's like because of the piano or what it is, but it really like I, I and maybe because we just did the Faith No More record last month, but like it sounds like that big time, big time. And Mushroom had even mentioned that in their bio. That's how they finish their bio. They say, pardon me. So they talk about how they're super original and they're the first band to ever do this and that and whatever else. But then they finish their bio by saying influences range from the driving rhythms and breakneck turns of Pantera to the dark (laughs) melodies of Faith No More to the atmospheric stylings of Pink Floyd, but all done in mushroom head style. Okay, I got to say, there's something so funny when somebody describes what they do and they compare it to other bands, but they also do the. say the words that identify with the bands it's like okay so i could say you know we took faith no more and pantera and whatever and threw it all in a blender and that you know what i mean but instead they're like we take the breakneck rhythms of pantera and put it with the edgy tunes of rob's yeah it's like if very weird it's like if the pod cast had like a our own like website bio and we're just like the pod cast takes the song breakdown style of roach coach and (laughs) and then the breakneck analysis of (laughs) of the new breed podcast but they combine it all in the distinctive po and the uh the complaining about life stylings of WTF with Mark Marin, and they p- combine it all into one unbelievable package. It's like, it's just so funny to me that, uh, 
yeah, it, it is very funny that, that you're right. Like they, they pick and choose the things that they think, think sound cool. And I always love when bands try to couch their influences too, where they're like, we do all of these things, but like, but it's also our own style. You know, yeah. like, yeah, we're influenced by Pantera, but like, it's all, it's all mushroom head, baby. <laughs> it's mostly mushroom head. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. tell you that right now. We sound like Faith No More if Faith No More was mushroom head. <laughs> we sound like Pantera if Pantera was mushroom head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so their, wild. Their bio, their bio gotta be, it has to be one of the best things we've ever found. Oh, doing this show of, no question of all the things that bio is endlessly every word is every funny word. they work so hard to make every word absolutely fucking hilarious up to again the adjective artsy which is so fucking weird it is artsy is usually said in a demeaning way right yeah oh, oh of course if if i said if I said, oh, I it's a I do an artsy podcast, it would be being like, oh, you know, he's being fancy. And and yeah, like, or you'd be like, Yeah, I do a podcast with this guy, and like it's fun. He's kind of artsy. Then the person yeah. would be like, Oh, his co-host is like a piece of shit. Is <laughs> it's snob. like an he's arrogant, like, yeah, he's, he's an arrogant asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's an arrogant snob. He only likes like, you know, the the good that's what artsy is. Usually yeah preceded by fartsy artsy fartsy um so to use it to describe yourself is so weird so it got me thinking as you were reading this for the single that we did yeah simple survival yeah oh tonight tonight yeah sorry tonight we did a single uh uh on our patreon we did these like 20 minute episodes about one song of edge crusher by fear factory and i was saying that I was saying that Fear Factory sounds like a kind of dumb guy trying to sound smart and futuristic and succeeding on different levels sometimes. You know, Edge Crusher, really cool name for a song. Fear Factory, that's probably not the best thing. You know what I mean? Obsolete, not a great album title. Demanufacture, a great album title. This Mushroom Head bio really is a guy that thinks the fucking world of himself or whoever wrote it. They think the world of themselves. Yeah. And they're not like smart enough to be able to describe why. And that's like what I get from that thing, because it is like somebody talking shit, right? It it is. It is like when you go, well, I don't know if you guys, if you would have this, but you know, I have to go to holidays and, and my, my white, you know, there's a white trash part of my family. And a lot of times they are talking shit about somebody, but he's, they're not like really saying their name, but they're saying some of the meanest, most hurtful shit. But then they'll also say like, but I love them. You know, I love them. Right. So that's just, and that's what this fucking feels like to me. This guy can't hide his contempt for anybody, anybody. I think, you know, when you look at their website, I I think somebody hipped me to their website one time years ago where they were doing like VIP tickets to their shows that were over a thousand dollars. And it's just like, I mean, I get it. There's nine of you, 
But <laughs> but man, you know, you gotta you chose that life, and uh, it didn't work out. Sorry, but I mean, they are super popular in Cleveland, and. Um, here's something I want to bring in it. I actually talked about this on street fight too. Um, cause I brought up that I had to listen to the album and, um, I was around for the whole new metal period, right? Like I, yeah. I was, yeah. I was there at the very beginning and I was there at the very end. And like, I remember back in like 2010, 2011 on Twitter, uh, you know, it was me and Felix and and Dan Dank Dank D A N K M T L Dan and a few other people, and we were always joking around about these band names. We always joke around about Tantric and Trapped and and stuff like that. And when I always found that people brought up Mushroom Head in such a higher amount than what they were. When they were in that time, like nobody gave a fuck about them in the time that new metal was happening. But now for some reason, if you told somebody to name new metal bands, you got a pretty good shot of hearing fucking mushroom head. Yeah. Well, for sure. And I, I think it's just longevity. Right. And even like this album, like this is their best selling album. It came out in Oh three which is basically new metals, basically over like mushroom head. Wasn't a contemporary really of slipknot or corn or limb biscuit or, you know, those bands that we think of. I mean, they were in a sense that like, obviously they had albums coming out during that time, but they were all self-released and they were not, you know, they weren't a, like you said, they're big in Cleveland, but they're not a huge band. They've only sold 2 million records lifetime across all their albums. Uh, you know, corn shits 2 million records like it's not so they're touring they they their touring is pretty impressive i do have to say that being able to do for this band to be able to do like the united kingdom and netherlands and australia and stuff I, i'm pretty oh, impressed yeah. by that oh for <laughs> sure oh yeah no like i'm not saying that they're i'm not saying they're like a tiny band or something i'm just saying like for them to say, oh, we were the originators and we pushed new metal or metal in a totally new direction and people copied us. It's like, who copied you? Like, we, there's really no evidence that Slipknot copied you. No, You sound mostly like Faith No More. You don't really, like, it's just a weird, I don't know. I'm I gonna don't go, know, man. I, I, think, I think when I look at it, I do think they sound a lot like Faith No More. I think this album, I, I got to take the other side here in that, like, it sucks because you feel strongly that it's not good. And I don't feel strongly that it's pretty good. You know? <laughs> like, right, right. I listened to it. I was woke up in the morning. It's it's 75 degrees today. Uh, beautiful. Um you know, I'm, I'm up, I'm doing Legos in the morning, building the Taj Mahal currently. Nice. And yeah, it's fucking cool. I'm building the Taj Mahal and, uh, I'm listening to this while I do that. And I'm like, I thought the song that we heard on the Freddie versus Jason soundtrack was much fucking worse than when I heard it this time. Right. And I think that, is when it got to be like, 
well, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. This isn't like this isn't all of the like because I saw it as a very tuneless, non melodic. Uh, just a collection of noises. Uh, you don't really, you, you can't hear the, anything and it sounds like shit, you know? And I found these songs to be fucking songs, but I found them to be like in the same class as theory of a dead man and, and, and shit like that, which I think is, again, it's like really weird that, they they were you know who they who, who I think of them as is what was that band Spike One Thousand yeah where we were just spent the whole time talking about this is fucking weird that this wasn't bigger than it was right that's how I feel about this I just can't fucking figure out I mean Spike One Thousand was good I can't quite figure out why this isn't bigger than it is. Be, and the only thing I can come up with is that it is too generic. Like, which is weird to say for a band that does what this band does and looks like this band. It is very, very generic butt rock. That's it. It's barely new metal, really. I would even say, you know, I'm not, I don't feel super strongly about genres or, or what is and isn't new metal you know we've had bands that aren't new metal we've done stuff on the show where it was like faith no more and we we've had rage against the machine and the uh in the poll so i'm not like a really huge stickler for it but i i really think that this would almost have been more apt to be on the butt rock podcast that i do on, right. on the street fight patreon than it fits if if you went and saw them and you would expect that their openers would be like Hollywood undead and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking those, those like bands that are just like breaking Benjamin. Yeah. And they're these bands with these fucking names that you see all the time. They're really big on the festival thing, and you've never heard one of their songs in your life. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, totally. I mean, and I I've think... never heard a Hollywood Undead song, John. You and me, you and me both. You and yeah, me both. It's crazy. <clears throat> I think I think part of what it is, Bry, is that it's like like you were talking about, you couldn't figure out why it wasn't more popular. Is like I think it has elements of there's like elements of every genre fan like there are elements that fans of every genre would hate so that's i think that's what they're where they're losing it so like if you're a new metal fan this is like too butt for you if you're a butt fan it might be too heavy for you there's like you too know artsy. there is too artsy there's screaming <laughs> well no i was gonna say that too like I think part of it would be too heavy. Like if you're a, you know, if you're a true, like if your favorite band is like theory of a dead man or trapped or, or, or even like Nickelback, like this is a lot heavier than Nickelback, even mm -hmm. though I agree that it is still, but it's definitely heavier. So, so you, they lose fans for that. I think it's too like operatic almost like there's sort of mm -hmm. piano and there's like solos and there's the singing is, is in a higher register. So like, I think they lose people for the, like, so I think well, it's just like one of those things where they have all of these elements that in their mind, they're combining them all to create this like very unique sound, which I do think that's what their fans would say too. But I think they're also alienating 
a large potential portion of their fan base because there's like little elements that people who are sort of uneducated music listeners that like something would hate about mushroom head. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. I, I, I think there were also another interesting thing I wanted to throw in here is the piano on this album sucks. Uh, <laughs> well, have we talked about a band that was kind of, in their their contemporaries, they were right there around the same time uh, as Evanescence. Yeah. And when I heard the piano, the <laughs> first thing I thought was like, these motherfuckers heard an Evanescence song. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, really, it really felt like they had heard an Evanescence song and just was like, this is, well, I have an Evanescence song on here too. Okay. And I know they use piano in... Um, in Faith No More, I get that, but yeah. the piano in this is very Evanescence piano, not no, I, Faith No More. I piano. agree. It's very, very clean, very clean, like traditional piano for sure. I agree. Um, I just want to point out too, Brian, we, we've kind of gotten away from their website, but I just want to read the, like, just in case you think the bio is like a one-off uh, this is so if you go to the news section of their website, their most recent news piece is from April 2020. So almost two years ago. Uh, but this is the latest piece. Uh, the headline is Blabbermouth announce new album, A Wonderful Life. And then this is the this is the um, writing here. For the better part of the past five years, top charting masked metal machine Mushroom Head have been crafting the epic follow up to their monumental 2014 full length album, The Righteous and the Butterfly, waiting ever so patiently to drop their next collection of anthems. The Cleveland Collective makes its prodigious return with the new full-length oeuvre, A Wonderful Life, the eighth release of their benchmark career, out June 19th via Napalm Records. Available in several enticing formats, A Wonderful Life clocks in at a whopping 70-plus minutes with its four bonus tracks, leaving a total of 17 stellar compositions in its wake for fans to devour. A Wonderful Life is accented by the sharp production of band Mastermind slash drummer Steve Skinny Felton, as well as the standout mixing prowess of Matt Wallace, Faith No More, Three Doors Down, also recognized for his work <laughs> on the band's classic offering, XIII. Today, Mushroomhead dropped its first single, the arena-ready anthem, Seen It All. The hair-raising earworm will have listeners chanting along in no time and is surefire proof that Mushroomhead are back in fine form. New, new full-time vocalist Mr. Rockhorst leads the pack <sighs> in an apropos cry for societal unity and marks a confident return for the band. Sing along and watch the new music video for Seen It All below. Why do they write their own things? They should. It's, it's so, so uncomfortable. It's so rough, man. Some it of the, is. It's, it's like every single sentence has an adjective that like bigs themselves up. Like it's prodigious return, the eighth release of their benchmark career, their next collection of anthems. Like it's like. It's in the next collection of anthems, dude. <laughs> Their next collection of <laughs> anthems. That is a fucking nutty ass thing to say. To call your song anthems. Just yeah. mind fucking blowing. I'm checking their um I'm checking their Wikipedia to see if they wrote it. And uh I I, I I'm not sure they did, but I I, I don't was think just they've wondering. written their I don't think they've written their own Wikipedia, but certainly their own website. They're 
Oh, they're all over that. I just, yeah, it was just funny to me that like, you know, cause you were saying like that someone had sort of tipped you off to their website and, and the expensive tickets and all that. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if like the news section is any different. And then seeing that it's like, Holy Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The anthem. I, I, I don't think you're allowed to call your own song an anthem. I'm just going to say, I, I, I love it when people feel good about what they're doing, you know? Oh like, yeah. But these guys in a way are the wrong kind of feeling good about what they're doing. You know, it's too much. Yeah. It's way too much. It's painful. It's painful when you read their shit. Like when you read their website, it's just, it's rough, man. I can't do that. I I, leaving a total of 17 stellar compositions in its wake for fans to devour. (laughs) So I'm going to, I have a few notes on some of the songs obviously yeah Yeah, let's get into Um, it so it opens up with kill tomorrow and my note is song was actually good so yeah i think that's that that's one of the better songs on the record i think and i think that that was a real because yeah we've we did simple survival which is off of save your sorrow which is the album that comes after this we also did sun doesn't rise which is the next song coming up and i didn't like either of those songs so i think when i put on kill tomorrow i was sort of like oh interest like this is not bad and i think it's kind of what you said it was like i remember both of the songs that we did i didn't really care for either one of them and then it was like oh maybe i don't hate them as much as i thought i did yeah i i want to say also like the song um the war inside is fucking incredible like a it, it is a high level good new metal song it has a like a really insane kind of breakdown in the middle the the it's like the riffs are heavy as hell heavy as hell and they're played in a way that like i don't think i've ever heard them played i i I was super impressed with that song too um i want to read some of the lyrics to the war inside though because it is a political song john so when you got a political song you gotta you gotta read those lyrics right read them out Um, baby how could such p- potential go unrealized? The natives speak in tongues and tangled truths while chanting diatribes. Somewhere deep down in the subconscious, wrapped in riddles, lies. The meaning of this we try to find but only lose our mind. Uh, so then he goes into social defacing. Here my replacement comes. Rumors of cutbacks, harbored hypocrisy. My heart dwells in darkness. My body imprisons me. So when I read that earlier, I was like, this song is like about somebody getting laid off and going fucking crazy. And I'm into that. I'm <laughs> actually postal. fucking into that. They're going postal, yeah. baby. Yeah. I found but- I found their lyrics were so nondescript. Like to me, yes. it really just you're listening to it. Nothing really stands out like good or bad. You're just kind of like, okay, they're singing. It's fine. And then you go and read the lyrics and it really does just feel like a collection of sentences that sort of sound like they mean something, but they don't mm-hmm. really like if you if you tried to actually like if it was like you know, I'm an English teacher. So if it was like dissecting a poem, if you printed out the lyrics and you tried to like dissect the meaning, most of the sentences kind of don't mean anything. It's just sort of like a collection of words that kind of sounds like it means something, but it doesn't really. Well, let me say this because we get to this verse in the middle of the song that sounds like it's the person that wrote the website. 
<laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, erase those saccharine smiles, vague in their sincerity. Lift these veiled chains in an endless search for clarity. Barely hanging on to a faith I'd briefly known. I've seen Angel's face, the broken wings on which she'd flown. Emotion fades to faceless as we soon become sedate. It is time to mourn this loss. Or is it time to celebrate? The 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 line uh, erase those saccharine smiles vague in their sincerity is like when I read that I picture whoever did that writing it down and then just feeling or get like they just did a come like they just fucking <laughs> I just saccharine imagine it smiles <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah it just you know like the picture that I would do if I was a cartoonist I would do a cartoon of this and it would be a guy sitting and writing right and then a light bulb goes over his head and then it says erase those saccharine smiles vague in their sincerity and then he just jizzes all over the place that would be the whole cartoon because this is what this is is this some real sapiosexual type stuff and i'm Mm -hmm. here for it no for sure like they definitely because the thing is too that that's not a like it's not a profound sentence like to say to take like sweet smiles and turn it into saccharine smiles is not you're not reinventing the wheel like they just feel like a bit it feels like every time the lead singer sits down to write a song he's like i gotta work the word hypocrisy in here somewhere i just gotta find out like not that he says it a bunch of times but it feels like that's kind of his whole Everything isn't what it seems. The saccharine smiles are vague in their sincerity that we're going to war. What does it all mean? You know, like it's just kind of like, I don't know. It just that to me is sort of what it feels like, you know, that it's it's just it's it's very. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's very like what 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 do we need to do to fix this planet? Yeah. I mean, saccharine is a hilarious word. That, hilarious. Like, nobody uses it except for songwriters. Like yeah. the only people that like you've never had somebody come up to me and be like, "Man, I was having a really good time last night. Everybody's feeling all saccharine and shit." And there, yeah. and we were fucking, we were rocking it out. So, the the other song I liked, uh, "Destroy the World," where my only note is very funny singing in this one, "Murder <laughs> Me." Um, okay. So here's here's some criticism right here. 13 is a song. My note for this is you, this is my note. Instrumental with baby noises. There is not one person that wants to hear this. <laughs> no, dude. It was like the end of this album is fucking so bad. Like <laughs> it's cause it because it's got it's got destroy the world around me, which is let me see here. It is uh eight minutes and twenty-one uh, seconds long. Pain. So there's a, so it's like an eight minute and twenty-one second song that isn't good. And then it goes into, yeah, a five minute highly programmed instrumental with baby noises into a cover of seals crazy, which is like, I love that song. I love seal. I think crazy is a great song. Their version of it is fucking horrible. 
It's like oh, it just come on. It's not good, man. Come on, it's not a no, good cover. No, it's fine. It's, it's not it's, even. No, it's not even fine. It's not it's even fun. Fine. It's a nice it's little fun, fun thing it's to not, listen to. No, it isn't for everybody. Now you're poo pooing on because I'm sure everybody I'm that saying, listens to this, everybody that listens to the album for the show is going to be like, I kind of dug it when they did crazy and John's just fucking no, yucking. They're not. Young, they're and it's not, not fair. It's not buddy, fair that he would they're do not. that. To you. I think it's good. Will, it's not good. No, we're never going to survive. Listen, it is nearly impossible for a cover to be bad nearly impossible well they did the impossible (laughs) oh god you're just being now i know you just hate them you're just being hard on them i don't even hate which i get i get it i get it dude i I understand i I genuinely don't even (laughs) i genuinely don't even hate them that just it's not a good cover and like i yeah anyway whatever it's fine unfair Unfair if you like criticism. it, I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> this is like, I, what? hold on. I like it better than the fucking seal version. Okay. That's fucking <laughs> madness. That is absolute madness. I mean, the seal song is like a song. They play at Sephora. This song was so? something that like a badass fucking motherfucker. This is a song they play to. at hot topic. That yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you, you got to admit that the, Hot Topic plays cooler music than Sephora. You gotta mm, admit that. I'd probably rather listen to the soundtrack at Sephora. Oh, probably. God probably. Please. I don't know. What is... Golly. Uh, you know close. I did yoga yesterday, John? <laughs> and 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 my wife was like, my wife likes yoga and uh, she's been trying to talk me into doing it for a very long time. Um, I went at my gym, they have a yoga class and it's at 8 PM. So, you know, you can't really say I can't do it because but what the fuck else am I doing? It's my wife. Um, so I go and I do yoga and all night she's asking me like, how'd you like the yoga? How'd you like the yoga? And I know she really likes it. So I don't want to be a guy that's like, I thought it fucking sucked is what I, <laughs> is not what I said, you know? And I don't think it sucks. Don't get mad at me, yoga people. It. I don't think yoga sucks. It's just so not a Brian thing. It sure. doesn't fit but in the Brian wheelhouse. Brian, and they put music, but um, they put music on when you're in yoga, and that's one of the things I didn't like about it because I was like, "What is this fucking music?" And like, it's world that's music. What Brian, Seal enjoy it. Like, oh well, okay. <laughs> I was wondering where, like, how this story was all connected. That's what I hear as Seal. That's, like, what Seal sounds like. It just sounds like something that I like the song by Seal. The No, We're Never Gonna Survive. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. Uh, It is so far away from something I would like. But that's the Mushroom Head version It's so close to something I would like. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but see, that's what I would say. Like, you and I have argued about covers on this show many times before. But like, I you don't to like me, them. I don't like all of them. That's for sure. But that's what I would say, though, is like, that is what makes it bad. 
to me. Like, that's actually what makes it worse is that it's close to something good, but it's not good. That's worse. <laughs> it's like, think about movies, right? It's like people either want the movie to be good or so bad it's good. There's nothing worse than a movie that's just bad or, or like just below average. It's like this. Mm-hmm. This cover mediocre. is like, yeah, this cover is mediocre. It's like, nah. fine. <gasps> Brian. You just don't like covers, John. That's Admit. not true. That's you not true. That is that. patently not true. You, and you I don't have like covered, covers. We did a whole fucking show on covers, and I liked a lot of them. And you said they all sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I hate System of a Down. And I, you know, let's just, I just line I up just all don't the... Know. I just don't... I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be super argumentative or whatever, but what I'm saying is I don't know how you're like, oh, I'm really into new metal. I like the sound of new metal. Yeah. And here is a song I like by the band Seal that is done in a new metal style. But it's not the new metal style I like. It's not. (laughs) I don't like Mushroom Head. How is that difficult for you to put together? I I can't get the cover thing. I can't get not liking the cover. I just will never understand a person who doesn't like a cover. Of of any any cover. Okay. Well, okay. I think what it is for me, and maybe this makes me an artsy fartsy asshole, (laughs) but for me, it depends on the song being covered because if I have a great deal of respect for the song that's being covered, then I have a big problem with, see, I think that's where we're differing here. You don't have, you don't have a strong opinion about the song crazy. So for you, you're like, well, whatever. They took a song that I don't really like anyway and made it sound closer to something I would like, so I like Perfect. it more. Yeah, I get that. But I like crazy a great deal. So to me, <laughs> this is kind of like desecrating the song that I like. And I, it's not. I should say that. It's not like so bad that it's like desecrating the song. I don't believe that. But I'm just saying... That to me, how much I like the original song factors in a great deal to how much I like a cover. And I also think that certain bands just cover certain songs well. It just fits their style. And to me, this is Mushroom Head trying to put a square peg in a round hole. This song doesn't fit their style. They're doing it because other bands do it. They saw mm-hmm. Disturbed do it with Shout. They saw, you know, that that's probably the most famous example, but they saw Corn do it with Word Up. They saw whatever. They're like, okay, that this is what works. You take a pop song from the 80s. All you got to do is play it in your style and people will love it. And mm-hmm. this is not, this to me doesn't fit their exact style to me like disturbed doing shout perfectly fits their style it made sense to me this cover doesn't make sense to me and i like the seal song too much to enjoy whatever mushroom head is doing here is that is that an acceptable answer to you that's an acceptable answer to me that's good i think my other bone to pick is i think and this is just i think you should get the death penalty for uh <laughs> making a single making a hidden track one of your singles i think that should just totally be against the law in some way i agree i agree cuz crazy is a is a hidden track it is and a hidden track and they made it their second second single that's criminal dude i've always thought it was criminal what they did with demone what what the deftones did with demone which is like probably one of their best songs yeah and they made it a hidden track and i'm like why'd you fucking do that dude where are you what, i don't think the I, I don't think uh crazy was a single though 
that you said it earlier that that next no. single they were releasing was crazy. I thought no, no, it wasn't released oh. as a single. The singles were "Sun thought- Doesn't Rise," "Eternal," and "Kill Tomorrow." Okay, I think maybe I heard them bragging about crazy on something. Then <laughs> that is very possible. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah. I'm not like I, I, I am just <clears throat> always shocked when somebody doesn't like cover a, a cover because it just doesn't feel. It just to me feels like well they're doing a song I like or kind of like in a style that I like so I like it. It's it's sure. like. I remember when people got real mad about Smooth Criminal, and I was like, "You're fucking sick of well, this." Is Smooth good. Criminal is better than the Michael Jackson yeah. version. So, <laughs> Smooth Criminal is one of the best covers of all time. Of all yeah. time, it Michael is Jackson is one of the best pop artists of all time. Obviously, everything else aside, I you know he's not a he's a bad man, but obviously, indisputable, one of the best pop artists of all time. It's one of his better songs, and a band called Alien Ant Farm somehow did it better than Michael Jackson. It's a fact that confounds mm-hmm. the mind, but it's it, is, good. it is really, really, really good. Anyway, uh, Brian, should we get to some of the articles? We This one was tough because no one talks to Mushroom Head, apparently. Um, so I really only found a couple. Uh, there was that interview with Stitch that we talked about earlier, and that was from 2015. And then I only Holy found moly. two. I only found two from around the time period, one from Hall of the Mountain King, uh, which is apparently a music blog in 2002. And then it was a a show promotional um, article from uh, the Danbury, Connecticut News Times uh, that the the headline is spend Friday the 13th with Mushroom Head. Uh, Was there anything that uh, that stuck out to you? Okay. Uh, yes. Oh, you know what? That's where you got this. It says in the in the Danbury News Times, the band is set to release its second single, a cover of Seal's 1991 rock and dance hit Crazy. Yep. So that's where you would have seen it. But according mm-hmm. to Wikipedia, it was never released as a single. So uh, yeah, let me, let me just, look it up. I'll look it up. If and- it's a single, if it's a single, it's just it's disgusting to to make a hidden track. I mean, Agreed. it's stupid to make this song a fucking hidden track. You have to pay for the rights to make this song. Why these <laughs> bands with their fucking hidden tracks? It's so fucking Stup- stupid. St- stupid. It was so stupid. The yeah, only it good was, hidden it, track is the corn one. It appears that it was released as a single. So what? Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if uh, why the Wikipedia got that wrong, but. Uh, yeah, it was released as the fourth single. So it was, it was a, sorry. Okay. So what it looks like is originally it was released as a non album single, and then they put it on the album as a hidden track later is what it looks like yeah. to me. So yeah, that's yeah. maybe why it's a hidden track. Anyway, I agree. Death penalty for mushroom head. So the first thing I like is from that incredibly long article that has a very long period where he talks about the nuances of uh, haunted, haunted house acting. It's the <laughs> fucking funniest thing we've ever found in an article. It's ever. so long. It's, it's so the long. longest answer I've ever seen in a written and like a transcribed interview. I have never seen an answer that long ever. Crazy. Crazy. And it's yeah. about the weirdest shit ever. But uh, I want to read this little thing here. 
Um, the only thing on the ICP tour that we don't like is that we only get to play 30 minutes. So like right when we're getting warmed up, we have to stop. It's like, but no, we want to go another 30 minutes. Well, the audience doesn't want you to. We're already here. We're already sweating. We're already in these masks. The past few years, we have been just headlining on our own, headlining on our own because we submit for a lot of tours, but no one ever kind of gets back to us. Now, I have never in my life read an interview where a guy in a band talked about the different tours that they submitted themselves for. Yeah. And it was fascinating. So he's like, we submit for the Rob Zombies and the Marilyn Mansons, and we want on tour with those bands. Everyone's always like, why don't you tour with this band? And of course we want to tour with those bands. We submit, we have booking agents. They know how to get a hold of us. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we got a show. No one wants to put a show on before a show. So, I have never heard somebody say that in to the point where I didn't know you submitted yourself for tours. Like I had no idea that that's the way bands kind of choose their openers or, or how, how openers show up is that you submit yourself. So I found that very funny because it almost feels like, <clears throat> yeah, man, you know, I know you want to see us with Rob Zombie. We've been asking him. Maybe you can. We're ask trying. Him. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you, you ask Rob Zombie. <laughs> so funny. we've been fucking asking him, dude. Yeah, no, that, that is, it, 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 it happens in different ways, obviously, but yeah, that's usually it's the band's management is like, you know, yeah, tries to put them out there to open. So I, he called, can I say this, John? I'm yes. the manager. Yeah. I, yeah, I submitted you to Rob Zombie. <laughs> oh, no. He would have loved to have you, but he doesn't want to put on a show before a show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said you were great. Hey, he said you were great, but there's no way they're going to let you put on a show before his show. It's like so stupid. Has Rob Zombie toured with Slipknot ever? <laughs> I'm for sure he has. Oh, I would assume so. Let me look. Rob Zombie Slipknot tour. It's literally the first thing that comes up. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, it's r- happening literally right now. Slipknot, <laughs> Rob Zombie, and Limp Biscuit are to headline the Rocklahoma Festival. That's uh, so fucking funny. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what the bands are telling them, though. It's like, oh, man, you know, we're really big fans of you, Mushroom Head. But oh, and Slipknot and, Slipknot and Rob Zombie are also, they did uh, that Incarceration one uh, last year, oh, too. Oh, that's by my house. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the Incarceration yeah. 2022 lineup is fresh. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they, they've they uh, they've done some touring. Um Yeah. It, so I took the I took the Haunted House. So the question was. Was this haunted house the house that you own that is one of the top 20 haunted houses in America? Or is this just a house that you turned into the fear experience? And I just copy and pasted the answer. And his answer is 2001 words long. <laughs> it was so fucking long. And I it couldn't was, stop it's in, reading it. It's like, so it, everything about it. It's the best. Like it, 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 It's one of the best fucking things that we've ever found. Just look it up. Look up Mushroom Head Horror Society interview. You'll see it. It is so fucking crazy. Like, so this is, he's talking about, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to read all 2000 words, but this, like just the opening of it is so funny. Like he's talking, he's like talking shit 
on like shitty haunted house people. Like he it yes. is fucking hilarious. So yeah, so the question, was this haunted house the house you own that is one of the top 20 haunted houses in America, or is this just a house you turned into the fear experience? Stitch, I met the owners, Nick and Max, four years ago. They brought me out because I've been acting in haunted houses for years. Already, that's just an insane sentence right off the top. Yes. I've been acting in haunted houses for years. It's no big deal. I've never, I've never heard of it described as acting, chasing people around with a mask and a chainsaw without a chain. Well, I mean, he's very serious about it. I've been acting in haunted houses for years, and I haven't been able to be fully into it because I'm always touring, especially during Halloween season. So I kind of retired myself from haunted house acting and making characters and shit. It was so heavy with touring, I couldn't commit to it anymore. Nick and Max hit me up on Facebook because they wanted a local celebrity endorsement for the haunted house. Someone had told them that, hey, that guy from Mushroom Head is into haunted houses so they hit me up they brought me out and paid me to be the guest act and the haunted house was not very good but their drive and their passion for what they wanted it to be was like i could see it in their eyes and i heard it in their voices when i came up there and did one of my original characters and they saw me act and just destroy the place they were like what the fuck they were like this is what we need actors like this and characters like this i definitely brought that level of professionalism there before they just had a bunch of student actors i take act very seriously and I take characters very seriously. I'm the guy that even if we are on break, I'm in character. Even behind closed doors, I'm talking to myself in character. So it was fun and after I guest acted, the haunted house was still, uh, they were so-so. They were good for what it was, but these owners are very young. They're 10 years younger than me. Now it's much bigger, but when I met them, it was a much smaller production. So at the end of the night, I was like, you know what? You guys need a lot of work, but I really dig your drive and I can see how you want to get better. Um, and then the answer is still 1700 words more than that. Uh, but that to me is just, just to be like, yeah, I brought a level of professionalism. They've never seen before to the, to their piece of shit haunted house. <laughs> so funny. So goddamn funny to, to be like, yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen some haunted houses and it's funny that like now he's just using it as a place to film the videos too. So the yeah. haunted house is actually just turned into a, a video studio, which is super easy and cheap and actually very smart. And I think this year I'm going to go to the mushroom head haunted house. I got to go to the mushroom. You got to go house. the fear experience. Cause Brian, I don't know if you know this, but it's in the top 20. Like this is now it's and to the point where 13. we got, yeah, that's to the point where we got noticed on hauntworld.com. They do their top 13 <laughs> every year, and they gave us an honorable mention at number 19 or 20. I can't remember. It's one of those two. They do the top 30, so we're basically in the top 20, but they only push the top 13 because, you know, yeah. of the number. We got in there, and we didn't have to pull scams or bribe anybody like that, and Haunt World is like the number one resource for where you want to go. <laughs> it's just Haunt World is the place to go, though. He's it's right It's the place to that. go. You, I can't believe, well, no, I can't believe it because there's little, uh, uh, pieces, uh, there's little groups everywhere, but I got to imagine the, uh, haunted house, uh, community is not great. I just can't. Oh, it sounds awful. I mean, I know what the stuff that has happened at the Columbus one called the haunted hoochie and, uh. <laughs> I will say, I mean, they did a white supremacist night, I think, last no. year. Something like that. My cousin went, and it was a night for some racist thing. And I wish I, or my niece, oh, and I no. wish I could remember what it was. But yeah, it was for some racist thing. Sorry, you They've said also it's called had, Haunted Hoochie? 
Haunted Hoochie. Yeah. Haunted Hoochie controversy. I'm just going to Google. Uh, faces <laughs> outrage you. for Swastika Saturday. Oh, there you go. That's God. what it was. What that was two years ago. Fuck. What was touted as what was touted as the 28th edition of Haunted Hoochie's annual Swastika Saturday drew sharp criticism this past weekend when the Haunted Attractions event overlapped the mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. By Monday morning, the Haunted Hoochie's official Facebook page included a posted apology for any anger and hurt triggered by the event and pledged a five-figure donation to the Tree of Life Synagogue. <sighs> uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. What the fuck? This yeah, is, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, How is this 2018, real? It's well, real. and they said it was like 28 years in a row. The 28th yeah. edition of Swastika Saturday only had a problem because <laughs> it overlapped with a shooting at a synagogue. What the fuck? Yeah, this is not. Yeah. This is this is their statement. We screwed up big time on behalf of the entire <laughs> on behalf of the entire haunted Hoochie staff. We first and foremost extend our sincerest condolences to the families affected by the tragedy in Pittsburgh and the Jewish communities of the area. Second, we will in no way tolerate any form of hatred on our grounds from our staff or from our guests. This means that certain costumes or themes may be deemed inappropriate and you will be denied admission or asked to leave the grounds. We will not host any musical acts which perpetuate any kind of bigotry, intolerance, hate speech, anti-Semitism, or, or the like now or ever again. The Haunted Hoochie is a place to escape the true evil in the world through the magic of Halloween theater, not perpetuate real evil. So, like, what were people doing before that? I, dude... I I I didn't know about it until the year that it happened. But when I when when my niece was there that night and she was telling my daughter and and I, I was hearing about it, I, I couldn't fucking believe it. I I abs and I Googled it and I came up I, or maybe I was on Facebook at the time and I checked on Facebook and definitely I saw the apology and I was like, wow, they, they really do swastika. Saturday. Yeah. Like what are these people? What I'm, what I'm wondering is they're like, Hey, don't wear your costumes to swastika Saturday. What costumes are people wearing? <laughs> Boy, you do not want to know. That. I don't, I don't want to know this fucked man. Holy smokes. Yeah, uh, they also, uh, I'll say this, some other controversial components of the attraction include a uh, scenes from September 11th terrorist attack projected outside the building. Oh, good. (laughs) Holy fuck. I love it. I love it. I I mean, and and now when I look at Haunt World, I'm like, this is why when I look at Haunt World, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be recognized by Haunt World at all. Oh that group God. is that that uh, community. I, I I maybe have a prejudice against the haunt community from <laughs> my local experiences. <laughs> Holy so smokes! I'll well, see if we. Uh, I, let me see here. I think I got the I got article. Couple... I just oh, I just oh. have the Slipknot the Slipknot things. You go ahead though. Oh my <clears throat> God, John! This part blew my fucking mind. If you could go back. Well, you have been in a band 13 years, so I guess from your experiences then until now, if you could go back and talk to yourself then, what advice would you give yourself as to how to deal with future things in the band? Now, I'm going to tell you that this is a 
it's stupid to ask somebody what you would tell your younger self. I, I would tell my younger self to have a lot more sex or something, you know, <laughs> that's like all there really is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's stupid to answer that. That being said, when somebody asks you that, you got to play along and answer the question. Yeah, I think. just say so, something stupid. Oh, I would tell him to, you know, be smarter, practice your instrument more. Yeah, yeah. you just got to give the, the answer. So Stitch says, wow, that's an interesting question. I don't know, because I've been around for a lot. Even before I was in the band, I was helping out. I don't know if I would, because even if I did, I wouldn't listen to myself. If my older self told my younger self to do something, I, w- I wouldn't listen to myself. And I was just like, who the f- he, the guy can't come up with an answer for that. He, and, and like, as you're reading it, it feels like he feels like he's been put on the spot. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That's an interesting question. It's like you go to a job interview and they're like, what do you think your greatest strengths are? Oh, Whoa, my greatest strengths. Huh, I don't, oh, man, I've never really thought about that. Um, wow, crazy. Um, it's such a, yeah, it's so stupid. And then deciding, deciding like, I, I don't listen. know if I think of any of my characteristics as being strengths or weaknesses. They're just characteristics. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Stitch doing like a haunted version of a Christmas carol where he plays Scrooge and he doesn't listen to the ghost of Christmas past, present, or future. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you say that, that that they ask you what you would say to your former self and you fucking say, I don't know. I probably wouldn't say anything because I wouldn't yeah. listen. It's like, OK, yeah. well, I didn't listen to <laughs> I didn't listen to 35 year olds when I was 21. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? I mean, and the thing is, I can understand even saying that, John. But if if this version of me came up to me when I was 15, I would have listened to it. I would be like, damn, you are me. So I'm going to listen to what you have to say. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So, yeah. So both of these, this is just to kind of go with what we've been saying. Both of these interviews, the other ones, not with stitch. Uh, This one is from skinny, who is the only guy who's been the consistent member of mushroom head from day one to now. Uh, is has to deal with the slipknot question. Even though Mushroom Head got started in 1992, their image often brings comparisons to one of today's biggest masked bands, Slipknot. Skinny says that anyone who looks past the masks and listens to the music will realize there's no relation. And that's true because Slipknot's much better. Uh, we've been doing this for so long and we've gotten comparisons all along, he says. When we first started, we were compared to Mr. Bungle and Guar, then Marilyn Manson, now <laughs> Slipknot and Mudvayne. So we're used to it. People will be shallow, but the one thing I always tell people is don't judge the book by its cover. We're doing our own thing. It's like, well, if you put masks on, people are you put you want people to judge you on the masks. You do they're artful, they're artsy, you know. Uh very funny. We and were, then I I loved this Mr. quote Bungle. too. Mr. Mr. Bungle. Bungle is a name of a band that like is very, very respected and like artsy totally. kind of music circles and him. Yeah, you don't saying, say faith no more, you say Mr. Bungle. Yep. That's what he, we were compared yeah. to Mr. Bungle because Mr. Bungle Moore doesn't get you the same kind of cred that Mr. Bungle yeah. would. 100%. Then he says, we're strange dudes, man, says Skinny. Ultimately, we don't want to sound like anyone. We want to sound like us. We purposely try to throw monkey wrenches in the machine all the time just to see what happens. Uh, and I don't believe that. Uh, and then if you flip over to the Danbury, Connecticut interview, they're interviewing Jay Mann, uh, who is the lead singer, where was the lead singer of the band at the time. I believe he's back now. He took a hiatus. Uh, to this day, some fans believe Slipknot ripped off Mushroomhead's masked look. 
I really don't care to speculate on that, J-Man said. I know that we had been talking to Roadrunner Records, sending packages out to Roadrunner Records. I've heard that they've been doing it for a long time, too. I really don't know. I don't know too much about that band. In any case, Mushroom had decided to change its image. The band started wearing masks that were uniform, with X's for eyes and pointed teeth. It's got a militant feel to it, but it's also got a comic book feel to it, said J-Man. Uh, while Slipknot rose to fame first, Mushroomhead continued to build a following until major labels started to take notice, blah, blah, blah. So again, like they're, they're saying, oh, it's all the fans. But then J-Man in an interview is like, well, look, we sent a press kit to Roadrunner Records. And then all of a sudden Slipknot comes out on Roadrunner Records and they're wearing masks and jumpsuits. So you be the judge. Yeah, it's funny. It's so it's it's very funny to say, well, we we made it a more uniform look. And it's like, well, that's why Slipknot wears jumpsuits, dude. So you can't even like yeah. you're, you're you're still doing what the fuck they do. Yeah. But um, I have I have another one here that I liked out of uh, News Times. Uh, and this is just nitpicking, I guess I'll say. Uh we have cer- we have completely different styles, Jay Man said in a January 26 interview from San Diego. I think that's what makes it work because he's talking about why they have three lead singers, which I could never get that answer either. I don't get it, but he's explaining it. I think that's what makes it work. We come from very different backgrounds. He came from more of a heavy metal and a hard rock background, and I came from more of a hardcore punk hip-hop type background so i think that's about as opposite as you can get in styles now i'm nitpicking here but that is not as opposite as you can get in styles no it's not because (laughs) new metal is extremely popular combining those two genres (laughs) yeah it's like i i would have said like well he's really into like outlaw country music and i'm really into mashuga now that is two things that are super far apart from each other, but yeah. he's, it, you gotta be like such a rock centric guy to say something like that. Well, that, like, and it's also like this interview is from 2004. We are like literal, like when this interview's done, it's like three months away from collision course coming out. <laughs> like one of the biggest selling albums of that era. <laughs> there's also not like a wide, I mean, I, I get that people will say, you know, they're completely, types different types of music but there's not a huge difference between how a punk sings and how a metal person sings no. like, th- there's not like a wide gulf between those two things a singer for a punk band and a singer for a metal band a lot of times are doing exactly the same thing exactly yeah totally well Bri, we're here at uh, the end of the review. We always like to finish off the review with a tweet defense. So if this is your first uh, time living, living, if this is your first time living, uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, what that means is uh, this is how we review the album. If someone were to tweet at you and say Mushroom Heads 13 is a bad album, uh, how many tweets would you do in defense of the album? Brian, I'll let you go first. I've been thinking about this a lot today. And, uh, I don't want to give this a bad, re- I don't want to like, am I, if I'm putting this in relation to stuff, I do not want this to be worse than come clean satellite or break the cycle. I, I, I want those three albums to stay the worst three albums we've done. Um, okay. So, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to be safe. I, I do think that there is value to this album. And I do think that a lot of our listeners might like this album. 
I, I especially think if you're like really into new metal and you're not listening to us as a goof, like I would try it and just see what you think. Cause I, I really don't think it's that bad. Uh, so I'm going to give it a seven. A oh, wow. seven. That's seven. not high for me though. When no, you it's think not. about no, like a, I have a 26 <laughs> in there. So <laughs> I a <know>. seven, <laughs> I yeah. So I figure like a seven is not a bad review, but like no. not a good review. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh I'll go two uh on this one, I think. Cause for me, I always approach it from the perspective of like what would the tweets actually be? So like if someone was like, Oh, it sucks, I'd be like, Well, it's not that bad actually, and also their bio is one of the funniest things I've ever read. And then I might defend like one or two of the songs. So yeah, two, three, I don't like a two and a half. I don't know if you can do like a half tweet, but that's probably where I'm at with this one. I've again that, and for me, that's actually not a terrible score either. I've given out zeros and ones. So, um, so yeah, it's a two and a half for me. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to donate to the show, you can do so at patreoncom slash the POD cast. That's cast with a K. Uh, it's $4 a month. You get three bonus episodes every single month. You get two singles. Brian was talking about that earlier. We do two mini reviews where we review one new metal song and we do one full length, uh, episode where we review uh, a full new metal album or, uh, a collection of videos this last month. We just did a, uh, a great uh, episode with OK Fox from the Art and Labor podcast uh, where they uh, let us down a road of anime music videos. So the, the VOD of that is available on our Patreon now. Uh, and yeah, we always have really fun stuff over there. We do compilations mostly and, and rarities. So, um, if there's, uh, you know, maybe some things you're wondering why we haven't covered on the main episodes, they're all over there on our Patreon. Uh, so you can donate there to help us out and, and help yourself out. You get more of this great content. You can also follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast again with a K. Uh, that's where all of our polls and all the voting is done. So you want to make sure you follow us so you get a chance to uh, engage with us there. And we're going to get to that in a second. But Brian, first, we've got the challenge. Uh, and I have to say, last month, <clears throat> we did uh, we reviewed Faith No More. The challenge was to come up with a Faith No More inspired song title. You came up with Crank Hogger. Uh, and mine was Porno Penis at the Circus. I'm going to be honest. I lost. And I'm shocked. I, I really thought my song title was better than yours. No offense. Uh, but I was really stunned that I lost that one, but I lost it pretty badly too, 63% to 37. So uh, we're now tied. You have 15 wins. I have 15 wins and we have one tie. Uh, so this month, uh, our goal, since we've obviously talked about the mushroom head uh, bio so much, uh, we're, we're writing our own bio. Uh, this is uh, in the style of mushroom head. So do you want to go first? I can do that. Okay. All right. What can be said that hasn't already been said about Brian Quinby? Uh, he saw cuss words and decided to carry it on his shoulders by inventing compound cuss words, which had previously been out of reach of broadcasters. Fuck nugget, twat waffle, douche canoe. While it seems like every podcast has <laughs> cuss words in them, Brian uses compound cusses, which is an even heavier cuss. Podcast <laughs> Monthly said that nobody has deployed the word dick fuck waffle quite like the dynamic and engaging Brian. So the next time your favorite podcaster says a cool cuss make sure to thank brian <laughs> that's good that was good that was really good <laughs> i invented um, compound cusses i mean i, 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 I wanted, respect it 
my goal was to take advantage uh, or was to take credit for inventing something. That was like the only idea I had. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's really good. Um, I did one for our podcast. Uh, so this is, uh, so this is for the POD cast. The POD cast is one of the most unique and adventurous podcasts of today, known for not just their whip smart appraisal of one of music's most maligned genres, but also for their hard hitting questions like, could this 43 year old man pole vault tomorrow? And how long is it appropriate to suck on a woman's titties without any other form of intimate contact? The POD cast is one of the true originators in this space. There were previously no other podcasts to address new metal or podcasts that even talked about things from the past with a current lens. And there have been many, many imitators since. Truly the first to turn the podcast from a new wave radio show into an actual true art form. Dude, you did like such you you also did a good mushroom head thing by <laughs> the adjectives. You were you used the yeah. adjectives, which I didn't really pick up on until we were doing the show. Right. So right. I wish I would have used the adjectives. Oh, it's I, I think they were both great. I mean, this this feels like maybe we're heading down the road to our second tie. I feel like we we kind of both nailed that one, but we'll let the listeners decide. Again, you can get all that on our Twitter. You can vote in the polls and you can vote in the poll, uh, which if this is your first time listening to the show, hello, welcome. And also uh, you get to help us decide which album we're covering next month. Uh, Brian will nominate two albums. I will nominate two albums. And then about halfway through April, we will put those up on our Twitter in a vote and you get to decide which album we will cover uh, for the month of May. Uh, so again, that's twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast with a K and uh, Brian, which uh, you said you, you went big and small this month. I actually pulled an audible <coughs> in the middle okay. of the show. I'm okay. going to give you an explanation here. <coughs> Saliva every six seconds. And that's because Josie joined back up with Saliva for one show this summer. Uh, so I figured they're in the news because, well, they're in the news in as much as any new metal bands in the news. But I figure I give Saliva another shot, like maybe that, see yeah. if we can get Josie and the boys back. And then I okay. pulled an audible here. Uh, the next album I want to put is Hollywood Undead Notes <laughs> from the Underground. <laughs> You're like, I might as well listen to one of these songs at some point. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. That's a good, that's good. I think this, this month, this poll is going to be interesting actually. Uh, so I, I went big and small. Uh, we were talking about that before the show. Uh, so I'm going with, and sometimes it sucks cause I just know that this band will never win, but it's fun to do anyway. Uh, the first one is trust company, uh, the lonely position of neutral. Um, I really loved the single downfall back in the day. Um, it was like one of my favorite songs of this genre. And I've heard from, uh, Lauren over at Roach coach, uh, that this album is actually really good. And so I'm kind of like, Oh, maybe I'll save it and listen to it, uh, for the show. So that's the first one, trust company, lonely position of neutral. And then it just seemed only fitting Brian, because we mentioned them so much on this episode and it's been almost a year and a half since we've covered them. I'm going to put up Iowa by slipknot. All so, right. Well, All uh, right. I, I mean, it's really well, hard to tell who's going to win this one. I know. Really. I think there's like a, it's some good contenders, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah, again, head on over to twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. Hammer the follow button. You'll see the poll about midway through the month. If you want to donate to the show, patreon.com slash the POD cast. We appreciate everyone who donates. We appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for joining us again this month. For Brian, I'm John. We'll see you back here very soon. Goodbye.